0: Blob Talk Radio
1: Long time ago, the cry was jobs and justice. In the March on Washington in 1963, Mm. the cry was Mm. jobs and and justice. justice. In the 20-year anniversary of the March on Washington, the cry was... Job and, and justice. justice. Mm-hmm. Right. We are now in 2000... And, and what is the crime? Jobs, Jobs and, and justice. justice. Well, wait a minute.
2: All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more.
1: How long are you going to sit around begging, white people Program, a schedule, a timetable, a plan, a list, a scheme to accomplish a certain result. We have come up with black agendas, but we've been looking to the wrong people to fulfill our agenda. Rich and powerful Because black folk worked for 310 years As chattel slaves And got not one day's pay I could call out the rich and the powerful Whose riches have been gotten on our back But I'll save that for another time The point is The present generation of whites did not do this. But the present generation of whites are in their privileged position because of what a former generation of whites have done. Nothing.
3: You are a slave. You were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste for your mind.
1: Look into the wrong people. Look into the wrong people.
3: You are a you are a, a slave. Unfortunately, no one can be told you are a slave. You have to see it for yourself.
1: Look into the wrong
3: people! This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill stay in wonderland. Do you want
1: to know? And We can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of his people. Is it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us, or should we do the job of fulfilling the black agenda?
3: All power to the people, all power to the people. This is the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. I'm National Chairman's brother, Yang Kruma. National Director of Operations, Sister Seven. I'm the National Chief of Staff, Brother War, and today is the Panther 48 panel, myself, Brother War, Brother E., and Brother Sight. Now, if there's any guests out there that are listening in on um, so through social media platforms, you can call directly into the show by dialing 323-870-4191 and you can press one to be placed into the queue. Now, today's show is the ever adapting divide divide-and-conquer strategy, and we will cover what this strategy is and expose some of the many adaptive forms taken to deploy this on the black empowerment environments. Now, why do I refer to that as the environments? Because it's important. Again, what I like to always do is address things from the standpoint of defining, develop, and defend. As it goes into defining environments, basically, is your domain, your perception in in terms of how you view the world, where you view your world, and when you view your world. And I like to go into those with those three concepts because too often a lot of us are not putting the perspective on what it means by going into these things from that that element. When we think of environment, typically, we just simply think of uh, the singularity of sight and what we see before our eyes, but we don't think about how everything that subliminally goes into our subconscious is penetrated and plays a role on how we perceive the world around us. This includes the, the, the all inputs of the sensory, where oftentimes we focus on you know, channel thought and, and look at specific things that may uh, arouse our, our visual um, perceptions, which is also... Why it is easy to play certain traps or, or trap us in certain mentalities in certain ways. Now, in saying that, I want to start off with this tranquility and peace. And I want us to think about that for a few seconds because tranquility is something that you don't actually hear it too often in the black community. Tranquility and peace. <laughs> it is. Now I want to think about what you hear more about, and that's trauma and drama. So you start with tranquility and peace, and then we move on into trauma and drama. And it is the fact that trauma events hold a deeper, concrete connection in shaping our reality than tranquil moments. This goes into the fight or flight response, also known as acute stress response which refers to a psychological reaction that occurs when we are in the presence of something that is mentally or physically terrifying. The term fight or flight represents the choices that in ancient times, people faced regarding danger in their environment, which is why I started off talking about the black empowerment environments. They could either fight or flee. In either case, the physiological and psychological response to stress prepares the body to react to the danger. In response to the acute stress, the body's sympathetic nerve system is activated by sudden release of hormones. This chain of reaction results in an increase of heart rate, blood pressure, breathing rate, etc. After the threat is gone, it takes between 20 to 60 minutes for the body to return to a pre-arousal level. Whereas with tranquility, It usually takes the body 20 minutes or more just to achieve a state of relaxation, assuming that we can filter out our external uh, bombardments that are going on. Now, why do I go into that? Because this breakdown is important because it sets the tone for the triggering response that naturally occurs, which can be used against us, each and every person, to execute a strategy known as divide because what we're talking about here is the aspect of how it is so easy to keep us in this way. In order to achieve separation of critical thinking, a breakdown in the continuity of reason must be achieved on a perpetual basis to onset the psychological disconnect with rational behavior. So in other words, I have to create a pattern of this trauma-drama-constant-repeat, trauma-drama-constant-repeat. And at some point, this will become a habitual pattern. A divide-and-conquer strategy, also known as divide-and-rule strategy, is often applied in the arena of politics and sociology. In this strategy, one power breaks another power into smaller, more manageable pieces, and then takes control of those pieces one by one in order to successfully break up another power or government, the conqueror must have access to strong political, military, and economic machines. The controlling political and social agenda trifactor, this is important here, is comprised of the following three techniques, at least. One of those techniques I refer to as polarity drive. We're talking about the divide and conquer is another one. And then the transformation (laughs) of conquest is a third. Utilizing these three methods in synchronized formats allow those in power to continue to dominate without the loss of momentum as the masses of people face high mental casualties through zombification with a daily dose of barrage and fear-based tactical imagery and whispers. Now let me break down the imagery and whispers real quick and then I'm going to turn it over and let the other members of the panel before they dive in and we'll go back and forth. Imagery being the dumbing down of the cerebral cortex and the calculated slow pacing of brain use and the trap of linear thinking. This is often deployed through movies, entertainment, social media, you name it, anything that will stimulate the use of visual information or visual representation but put you in a state of what you're taking in actually has no real value in your day-to-day living and growth process. That's the key. Most of the things that people get stimulated on when it comes to sight and sound is not stimulating the brain to actually develop higher levels of ability. What it is doing is zombifying <laughs> our use of our uh, cerebral cortex. Now, the whispers, this is the other one, are the perception injections that control the way the world is viewed and the connection to our inner self and the processing of data that enters our sphere of thought. So you take those two things right there, and they're applied across the board in an ever-ongoing conquering divide um, strategy. Now, brother, E or Psych, which one of y'all want to jump in on this next? I'm wondering if Psych has any uh, little stories that he'd like to share with us that he may or may not have shared with us earlier at some point about something along the lines of uh, 5% and watchtowers and that sort of thing. (laughs) I'm a little bit curious, bro. Oh, man, brother, E, you a mess. Uh <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do with you, uh but uh since you decided to uh since you decided to throw me under the bus in such a way, I guess I do have to go and speak on <laughs> I guess I do have to go on to speak on it. <clears throat> well today our subject matter is uh the, the divide and conquer strategy. And and before I get into the stories that that you were speaking about, I have to ask this question. Why does it work so effectively? I mean, people wouldn't be steady using this. This is a strategy that has been used for hundreds and hundreds of years. You could even see it in the Order of War by Sun Tzu. In the Order of War by Sun Tzu, it says to make sure that he does not be able to unite or connect with his with his allies. It's a create a division between them. So this this you got to ask yourself whenever we're trying to deal with uh, uh, combating any kind of weapon that is used against us in our struggle to be self sufficient. We got to ask ourselves why is this weapon used? Why is it so efficient? What what is the thing about it that makes it such a good strategy? You know, and, that, and that's the question I want to ask. Maybe one of you brothers, maybe one of the callers can answer, because cause I've been looking at that all day when we decided to make this our subject matter. Why does this strategy work so well? Oh, is that a real question? I thought that was... That is a that question. Nothing rhetorical thing? about it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> because it's human nature. We live in a in a, in a reality of, or uh, a reality, I guess, where Separateness is the, the theme of the day from the time we come into this world, and so it plays on a deep-seated fear of separation and, and plays that to, to its advantage, you know, and, you know, it being an emotional uh, a conquest, an emotional endeavor, it's not difficult to do because the masses of the people are never developed, you know, emotionally to the degree, in modern times anyway, to the degree that they need to be, in order to, to, to uh, uh, maintain uh, a unified situation for, you know, however long. So there's always that, that possibility because it is such a primal, primal uh, uh, it speaks to a primal uh, 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 position or a, a primal fear or a primal um, expression, and that's that of, of the separation. That, you know, on the spur of the moment, that's about what you're going to get from me. One might have more. Yeah, I got and one. What do you I think got do you one mean? for you. I got one for you, and I use this when I go into my um, dysfunctionality class that I deal with, and that is, for every child that is born into this world, the first thing that happens is that umbilical cord is cut. At that moment, you're dealing with the first physical experience of separation. Right behind that umbilical being cut. Did you say the umbilical cord was cut? You say that, no, I said that our first experience was that of separation. Don't be. Kidding. I get that. Now I'm elaborating on what that means, brother. The elaboration oh. on the experience, okay? But elaboration <laughs> is that umbilical cord being cut and that behind getting slapped. So what that baby? What does the baby do? The baby cries out, and that crying out is all of a sudden re- re- recognizing that everything that is in rushing into them is experiences that they have never felt, seen, touched, smelled, taste, everything. So all of these rushing in of sensory inputs create that first ingestion of fear. So that fear, like Buddy said, that fear is the first thing that we are exposed to. That cutting of that umbilical cord is that divide. So what we're talking about is just basically from a natural law perspective, is basically utilizing that first experience that we have coming into this physical realm as a weapon against everything else that you do in life, perspective of those people that are in power. That's it. I just wanted to further elaborate on what he said. <laughs> he, 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 he said you were cheating. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Take my you, didn't, you didn't make it visual. I had, I had to bring the visual, the visual imagery. Remember I talked about imagery, the visual imagery to it. Well, I am trying not to eat it five times. It was psych time. Go ahead, well, 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 since we, the thing is, okay, if it's a strategy that's used so effectively against us, and according to both of you brothers, it's so effective because it's so natural. Then what is the? How do we combat it? How do we deal with it? Why are you playing? Because I mean, <laughs> okay, look, look, look. I was trying to let you get yours in because I know I may be prone to to, to be a little long winded. Like to, to be a,
2: to I, be I, very verbose. <laughs> 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 okay. To participate right. in an extreme mass of verbosity.
3: Okay. Well, I'm about yeah, to get yeah, my yeah. verbosity on.
2: All right, take off then.
3: So, essentially, the bottom line, period. So, racism, white supremacy, what it actually has done, and we never really get into it a whole, whole lot, but what it really has done is to take European culture, ideas, morals, values, all of that, and superimpose them on everybody else to put themselves in the supreme position. And, and there's this idea that I was watching some YouTube crap about um, um, posing the question, is European uh, culture superior? And, of course, European scholars say, yes, yes, it, it's superior, superior, superior. But the idea is that all cultures are equal they're only superior to, if they're superior at all, they're superior in the eyes of the people who practice that culture, which Europeans are really the only ones who push that to that degree. But the essence of what European culture is, the bottom line, ground floor, bottom, 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 permeates every single aspect of everything they think, say, do, feel, everything from God to God to, to booty, to, to, to money, to land, to everything. And that's the concept of the little I. They are convinced that their individual experience is primal, it's premium, it's the absolute be-all and end-all, that we are individual existing and
2: believing
3: in the separation. They believe that we're all separated. And so whether it's individual land rights, whether it's, you know, uh, whatever treaty gets broken, well, that wasn't us, that was them. My ancestors is that, not me. There's this this ability to disconnect because they honestly believe that they are not connected to everything else, which is completely counter to the African concept. And most, you know, most non-European cultures, don't even invest in the concept of I. Everything is we. Everything is ours. Everything is what is because it's all interconnected. When we have an issue come up, it's a we issue. It's not a you, it's not a me, it's not a they, it's us, it's ours, it's all of us together. Whereas for the European, it only exists with that single individual. And because we've accepted that, <coughs> because African people in this country have come up and chosen to believe in the concept of the I, we have tokens, your Z, your oprah, your, you know, whoever, black folks that have got some big money and a pat on the back. These individuals are put out there and they're put out there in a way given to us and we swallow it and drink it down and take it for reality that because these individuals, these little eyes, have some power, some pat on the back, some gold trinket that, oh, black people are doing better, when the reality of it is that so-called individuals may be getting a pat on the back, but black people, and that's the the idea, black people, the worst thing that Europeans ever did to us is to trick us into thinking that you were individuals, and so that when we say black people, we, I hear so many times, black brothers and sisters will say, well, what black folks need to do is blah, 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 blah. And I look at them and say, so do it. It's not as if black people are over there and you're over here. No, you're black people. So it's this, this idea, you know, we talk about racism, white supremacy. Racism and white supremacy is not some white boy calling you a nigger. That's just his opinion. That's not racism, white supremacy, because it's not an individual endeavor. It's not an individual thing. It's an entire group posed poised against another entire group or other groups. But we've been made to believe and accepted the belief all of these things exist on an individual level as this individuality actually exists. And as long as black people accept that concept of the little I and believe that we're individuals and that we're detached, there will never be any unity. Black folks will never be free with that concept. One, because it's counter to who we are as Africans, but also because just by the definition, when you're unified, there is no individual unit. You are, there, you are a unit. You are unified. You are one thing, one body, moving and acting in the best interest of that body, as opposed to an individual who breaks off and does what that individual wants to do and acts only in that individual's best interest. And that's the European concept of reality, it is that I. That is the ultimate uh, separation. That is the ultimate, uh, what's the name of the, 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 the show, Divide and Conquer. We have been divided to the point of being individual in our perception, that individual, indivisible duality. We believe that we are this one unit, disconnected from other units, globally, locally, anywhere, even on down to the point that you can be in a relationship with a woman or a man and you're still acting as two individuals. There's a level, you have your thing, you have her thing or whatever, but when you step outside of that house, when you have conversations elsewhere, you are a united front. When the family comes out, it is a united front. Whatever Malcolm used to talk about, if you don't make it at home, you take care of it at home. You don't bring that out into the same. You, it, it's a united situation. But we don't have that concept anymore on down to the point that males and females can't get together because we are investing in our own individual's lives as opposed to looking at what's greater for the whole, which ultimately is going to be greater for the individual any damn way. So to me, that's the ultimate dividing concept. Unless we until we have a show where we get into breaking down the molecules and the, the atoms and whatnot that break us down <clears throat> that that compose our bodies and whatnot, you can't get no further broke down than that. And that's a signal to me, of a sign of the times. You know, it's one thing when you break down a nation, when you when you break down a tribe, when you break down a village, and you break down the clan, you break down the family. Now we broken down to the individual. That's it. You can't go any further. That's the bottom of it. It's got to start going in the other direction. So for me, the answer is, as it always is, is for African people, number one, anybody that's listening, sit down, not to fuck up. We all come into this stuff, this, this, this knowledge and this, uh, 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 I want to be a part of the struggle and da 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 thinking we know something. I do the same thing. But after 30 years in the game, you figure out, When you hit the door, you really don't know shit. So the first thing that you have to do is to sit down, shut up, and listen, and set your ego aside, set your individual ego aside, so that you can hear what it is you don't know. Because there's so much that you don't fucking know. And we have to be able to admit that to ourselves. We're not going anyplace, period. And they're starting to tighten these screws. And I wish we could get into some of that they're starting to tighten these clues, and it's starting to become real evident that the, the what do you call it the veil is being removed, and all you have to do is just look at it. Even a dumb dumb can just look at it it's becoming so obvious that they're laying out the final steps and implementing the things that people have been having conspiracy theories about for years. You know, so so yeah, if 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 asking people want to get anywhere, black folk in this country want to get anywhere, sit down. Shut the hell up and begin to learn. That's it. That's step number one. I don't care how cold you think you are. Sit down and shut up. So there you go. Well let me let me say this about that. Because see that that's actually why, and I'm glad he said that. That's actually why I started the show talking about tranquility and, and peace. And the reason being is our minds. I've been accustomed to to be bombarded with so much nonsense and with so much mm-hmm. agitation and so much um, chaos. And that's why I refer to that as trauma and drama, that we don't know how. We have forgotten the science of just paying attention to our environment. That's why I also went into saying the uh, black empowerment environment, because most of us have grown numb to actually paying attention to our environment. Most of us don't even know what it means to apply what we refer to in the Panther formations as salute, size, activity, location, unit, time, and equipment, which is a military concept. But basically, what it comes to is it has to do with reconnecting you with everything around you and, and getting you to recenter yourself on focusing, focusing on your actual environment and what is actually taking place. What is this? What, what are the things doing and how they play a role into your survival? How do they play a role into your interaction? It's actually a warrior code, too. But from that standpoint, since most people don't know how to not have the restless knee syndrome, as, as we so to speak with it from a mental perspective, it's, it's like it's crazy. It's like asking them to sit down and listen and pay it and actually pay attention that's that's you know that that's mind boggling because our discipline hadn't reached has has basically been stripped from us to the point where we hadn't given ourselves the opportunity to embrace a condition and an environment for conductive growth. Now we want to get out and be active and do something, but mind you, we haven't even given ourselves the opportunity to initiate a process for true embracing of learning and growth so that we can be effective when we, quote, unquote, get out and do something. Otherwise, all we end up doing is just adding to the the cesspool of just what's referred to as just social and political work. And, again, I meant to say that what I said, adding to the cesspool, because if you will just constantly – operating from a condition of fear then what is it what is it that you're providing what are you actually doing as it applies to building a foundation of empowerment for our people going back to one other thing then i then, then we will let uh Syke come back in since but he actually tried to hit it so hard that he wanted to cut the show to 30 minutes what? i want
2: to
3: give um I wanna give a plug, yeah. Cause you I mean you 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 just straight up hey, can't be broken down any further. So it's like, damn, okay, let's just end the show. Let me go ahead and hit the outro. <laughs> so I had to move I, I I have to remove what you just, you know what I'm saying, said to a certain degree just so we can keep the show going. That's why uh, I was trying to get like to the end, because I didn't wanna play right. Uh huh, see that. Let me say this here. Just so I, I I hate to give a plug, but I got to give a plug because I think people need to know this. Book. There's a book written by Robert Greene and Fifty Cent called The Fiftieth Law. In that book, it says we exaggerate the Jane dangers of vulnerability. Now, the thing about that is this whole book is written on and written about breaking the cycle of fear and, and controlling your input, or, or sorry, controlling your output. And I think that's important because, again, one of the the the, the first thing that physically works. To is that aspect of Separation so that Separation Coupled with the fear that comes behind That is The natural response From from a social engineer Perspective to be able to use This as a Perpetual type of energy and pattern To create A strong Conduct on the masses Of people period to get us in these perspectives and these modes that we find ourselves in where it's easy for us to be uh, divided and then conquered. And I think it's real important that y'all, the listening audience realizes that the way we drop in the jewels of this information to y'all today is trying to get you to think outside of the perspective box that you've been placed in when you think of conquering divide. Because the term itself ain't nothing new. Most people have heard that like we say it, but the deal is, is is, how it is deployed and how easy because we want to connect the dots to get you to recognize that your natural tendencies that were uh, basically embedded within you as a result of a physical birth, mind you, the process and way we do a physical birth is, is an automatic weapon and an automatic tool that can be used to further propagate how you will live the rest of your life. And not to say that fear is a bad thing, but the point is, is weaponizing that fear to keep you in a certain position of being domesticated as you live your life. And so that's the important key here, is to be able to sit back, go into a state of tranquility, ingest the proper way to channel information to escape and break the cycle of linear thinking and to make you more of a critical thinker. Critical thinking has to be a way of life. Critical thinking has to be how you view and how you operate within this world. Go ahead, Brother uh, Syke. I'll let you come in with some, some more. Well, I asked a question that I asked. And, and, and you know, we, we debate and discuss these subjects all the time. So we automatically know what we think. So I ask y'all these questions that I ask because we don't do these shows for us. We do these shows for the people. So I wanted y'all, that's why I asked it and goaded Brother E into discussing it and, and breaking down what he needed to break down because I think the people need to hear that. Those concepts need to be heard and they need to be put out early. So that if somebody disagrees with those concepts, they can come in and debate them. If somebody agrees with them, then they can hear them and they can and they can uh, uh, format their paradigm around those ideas. Because the whole purpose of being a revolutionary is to raise the consciousness of the people. As we were discussing earlier, I was uh, I was breaking down a scripture from 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 uh, from the Bible. I think it's Ezekiel. Uh, 33, I believe. I believe it's Ezekiel 33, where it talks about uh, the Creator tells the prophet Ezekiel that he needs to put a watchman on a watchtower, and and that watchman is supposed to stand on the watchtower, and if he sees trouble coming toward the people, he is to blow the horn, to warn the people. Now he may think to himself that if I blow the horn, the people won't listen no way, so if he refuses to blow the horn and the people die, be because of that danger, then they death is on him because he refused to do his duty. But if the peop- if he blow the horn and the people refuse to listen to the warning and they die, then their death is on, him- on themselves. That watchman has done his job. Now, we've got to understand the metaphor. here. We've got to understand the symbolism that is supposed to be given to us in this story because it's not really about a watchtower. But you've got to ask yourself in ancient times, what did a watchtower do? It gave a person a higher standpoint to view reality from. Being so high on that watchtower, that person could see further and they could see better when they were looking across the land. And that is what knowledge is. So knowledge becomes our watchtower. Knowledge is the thing that we stand on that allows us to see further than the average person. Now, I'm not just talking about us individually, us, uh, the Panther 48, Brother E, Brother Warren, Brother Psych. I'm talking about anybody that is dedicated time to developing their mind, they all put themselves on a watchtower, and Any time you do that, what you have done is you have given yourself the duty, the responsibility to blow the horn to the people. Now, if the people listen, then the people the people will act off that horn and they will save their lives. If the people don't listen, then you have done your job that's all that matters and that's 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 the uh <clears throat> one of the things that I believe that is important about a revolutionary and Another aspect that I want to add to that is this, is that when we do that job because of the way we're constructed, because of what we are, we're human beings, and because of our base nature, when we do that job, we're actually doing something for ourselves. Because the more that we teach, the more that we heal, the more that we build others up, we build ourselves up. Because there's no way I can teach anybody anything unless I learn it for myself first. There's no way anybody will follow any example that you set unless you set the example by proving that it works by operating yourself. So you have to do it. It's like in I uh, – I can't remember what year it was when we went to Jasper because it was so long ago. But when we went to Jasper when James Byrd was drugged, we went out there with the idea to teach the people in that community that they didn't have to be drugged behind trucks, that they had the right by law to not only strap up but to defend themselves. Now, we didn't just go out there and just tell them to do it. What we did was was we made a show of it. So we said, all right, we're saying that you had a right to not only uh, uh, strap up, but you had a right to defend yourself. Now you might not believe us. So what we're going to do, we're going to strap up ourselves, and we're going to moisture your streets. And if they murder us, then you know we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Don't listen to us and go on back to doing what you've been doing. But if we're able to come back from from Jasper – with full SKSs, AK-47s, Mossberg pumps, and we're able to come back and 20 years later discuss it on blog talk radio, and maybe, just maybe, we knew what the hell we were talking about. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the, and that's the example that all that revolutionaries are, 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 are apt to show. And in the process, we learned something ourselves. Because while we thought we had the right to do it, we really didn't think we were gonna come back alive from doing it,
0: so we teach <laughs> our kids in the process. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm
3: saying, and yeah. uh, that, that, that's and that's why I ask those questions, you know, so we can put it out there to the people. Well, thanks for clearing that say, up. <laughs> let me say this also, uh, just on a metaphysical concept too. The watchtower is also referred to as a guardian. In the ceremonial and magical traditions, it represents the northeast, uh, east, south, and west, as well as the classical elements of earth, air, fire, and water. So I did want to just throw that out there. So even when you talk about the uh, Christian influence or Christian influence on it, that actually goes into what they call the archangels, uh, you know, Raphael, Michael, Uriel, and Gabriel. But that, in essence, was representing being. Uh, guided or cont- not guided but uh, protected from all four quadrants meaning that someone was standing at a higher point and being at that higher point you were able to see things in in such a degree to where it almost as if you're you're projecting or being able to pro- uh, uh, prophesize something that is to come so it's basically representing a higher order so I think it's that's just a little tab of information from that So yeah. The watchtower was also a thing to be What's that? But being on the watchtower itself creates a level of separation from the masses of the people as well. It's uh, it it it. Whereas the other type of separation, the separation that's been given to us and handed to us from birth, and is. And and, and and cultivated and exacerbated by the oppressor being on the watchtower that separation is a knowing conscious willful investment in separating oneself again for the betterment of the whole simply because if you take somebody that goes and sits up on the watchtower as long as' on that they're on that watchtower then they're not able to, Take part in the, how do I say, the the earthly things, the um, the, the the things that the the, the, the masses of the people are involved in. There's a study and that's a sacrifice. sacrifice. Yes, that, that, that's a sacrifice. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, and that's the, the uh, at the same time that, that that sacrifice the separation is is that you know is created by that sacrifice. Um, yes, but it's still a separation that can and is usually even on systemat- automatic systematic remote control is exploited by the oppressor because you get those who have a sense of, of, you know, being on the watchtower and saying, Hey, y'all, blah, 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 are often put into the, you know, you know, we're given all kinds of categories of assassin- uh, character we where you know, conspiracy theorists and uh, black uh, separatists and, Hate and this and you know all that type of stuff. So in the minds of the masses of the people, that that separation is not seen as oh they're doing this for our good for our betterment. They're crazy. That's what's why they just they just out there. They 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 lost their mind. And so this this system it just becomes another uh, a divide and conquer avenue for the oppressor to to, to, to take part in to, to to use against us. You know until the the masses of the people until. Cast which, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Massive people ain't going to fucking wake up. Black folks, y'all got a problem. And I'm saying that as a separated <laughs> cat standing on the white calendar. Y'all got some problems that are that, that about to get y'all fucked up, like, for real. You think things are hard right now, read, it. and I know I'm asking a lot, read an article or watch a YouTube video, even easier. They don't, you know, I try to put them on Instagram, but don't nobody be thumbs up in that shit. But uh, a a YouTube video about what's going on in Venezuela, how people have to carry backpacks full of money just to buy some groceries because the value of their money is in the toilet. Because the government and the forces would be this government, that government, other government have trashed the value of their dollar. And now the masses of the people are suffering even more. So while a lot of us think we have it rough, a lot of us think we have it good. Things are about to bottom out. So if there's no healing of this separation or at least an acknowledgement and appreciation, you know, you can be separate and appreciate. It's like the watchtower cat up there on the watchtower. He can be separate. She can be separate. But the masses of people at some point have to get to where they value that shit so that it, 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 it's not for nothing. So that it does some healing and some good in the community, but my outlook is bleak. So I'm gonna raise my quail and do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> raise your raise well, your quail. I'm raising quail as a part of my homesteading to be more self-sufficient. I've got my radish. I'm going to get my quail tomorrow. I got my garden. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have a community to build it with, but I'm going to let y'all know. I'm put this all, out to all African people everywhere around the world. If they destroy all y'all, go to the grave knowing and understanding. It's okay because I'm still going to be here,
0: and I'll kill you. So
3: that's how. Brother, where
1: do where you, where you find this guy in, War? <laughs> <laughs>
4: in the
3: bowels <laughs> of the movement. Ahead. came Brother E. Well, let me... My motherfucker with the red, black, and green flag in his backyard. Everybody else gone, I'll still be here. I'll keep the name carried on. Just make sure that red, black, and <laughs> green flag is not it, is not visible through the satellite imagery, okay? Just make sure that. Let, let, let me say this. Well, not- One of the things that I think people on, on, on some of the notes he you talking about that, um, that we have to distinguish is the difference between isolation and separation, because through isolation, we can put ourselves at a disadvantage because we're not aware of the tactical and strategic uh, um, things that are going on that, that are happening in order to uh, eventually attack us, which is kind of what, going back to what we were talking about with the watchtower. So the isolation means that you're not prepared to deal with the inedible uh, conquest going on to what I was talking one of the one of the three things that I dealt with earlier, the transformation of conquest. But now separation is required so that you can go into a state of tranquil. And by going into that state of tranquil, what you're able to do at that point in time is actually separate your thoughts from the thoughts of, 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 the, you know, of the barrage that I talked about of chaos and negativity that keeps us in this state, in, in this emotional state of conquering and dividing each other. This is the thing that we, that we suffer from as it applies to the post-traumatic slave syndrome. We stay in that victimization mentality. By staying in that victimization mentality... We are literally eating each other alive, and by doing that, we expose ourselves to certain levels of isolation as a people as it applies to higher levels of thinking and higher levels of, of, of wanting to unify and come together. So, therefore, this conquering divide that we're talking about, the perpetual motion has set in. Mm-hmm. And they basically can step back, which is why you can couple this with the Willie Lynch syndrome or concept uh, as a tactic as well. So those three things, again, just to uh, further hit that on home, as it applies to this, is polarity drive, divide and conquer, and transformation of conquest. So realize that, and, and psych usually gives a good story on this as it applies to um, the mind state of a barbaric person or barbaric people as it applies to the epigenetic DNA code in terms of survival. When you're dealing with a certain type of environmental uh, uh, code that is embedded within your DNA that that you have to use in order to be able to conquer your environment, and then all of a sudden you come across tranquil and peaceful type people, then you that people that 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 uh that individual or those people that were genetically geared to want to conquest comes into those it comes into, into that those tranquil people. Now you're dealing with a warrior uh, uh, I wouldn't even call it a warrior, but a barbaric I think that was a better word a barbaric mentality that has the nature and and mindset to just basically devour. And conquest everything that it sees before it Because to them This is the environment that it comes from And it does not want to return Or even has the tendency to escape Thinking that the world is going to go back Into that, that state So they want to conquer and, and, and conquest everything around them To make sure that they are able to hoard As long as possible uh, um, An environment that is conducive to prevent them from having to live through that trauma-drama type of status that they came from. So us as a people being exposed to that, again, from a, a, um, a weaponized takes us into this condition where we emulate that which, that is which conquered us. And through that emulation, certain aspects of, of uh, victimization Again has become a part of our DNA code And unless we step away Which goes back to that separation he always talks about Unless we step, step away from all the external bombardments that are taking place We oftentimes don't recognize our own behaviors That are not actually our behaviors But we've taken these behaviors on And as like any wild animal, we've just isolated ourselves with those behaviors and made them a part of our natural conducive world. That right there is how you look at this from the viewpoint of being able to escape it. You have to see it for what it is. You have to take off those filters and see the spiral of, of digestion that is taking place and that is, that is going to, like he said, eventually lead to like the same conditions you got in Venezuela. So we have to be able to take our time and see the end result. That's, that's the only reason we brought up that Watchtower thing is to get people to recognize that you have to go into a state of higher perspective and higher points of view so that you can see what's going on below. So that you can see what the lower self has been doing. And I let one of y'all uh psych, you jump in now. And I and I think in, in, in and <clears throat> to add to that, I think it's very important for us to understand and add to what both of you brothers said. The masses never wake up.
4: If you okay. do any
3: kind of historical study, the masses, the large amount of people never wake up. When we dealing with uh and I use and I like to use I like to I like to go into scripture uh, scripture lot <laughs> to uh, hold on one minute, y'all. And, and so, let me say this it site. the on, y'all give me one minute. Okay. No more go 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 ahead. Please. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm glad you when uh when we talk about behavior, if you take a collection of behaviors them all together. Y'all you forgive me, my bad. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's, my it's, bad. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I'll come back in. Yeah, I come did. back in. You uh-huh. What you do a collection of behaviors is really what culture is. And so all of these behaviors, when we talk about black folks having, because I saw this silliness on on YouTube today. I'm gonna go back and watch the whole video. But the the the, the 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 idea that it was posing is that quote unquote. African-Americans, quote-unquote, are, are um, what is it called, uh, appropriating African culture. And it's, it's, an, it, 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 it's, it's crazy to me. I understand it. We don't have to go through all that. But such madness for us to sit back. Number one, we don't know what the hell cultural, cultural culture appropriation is, number one. That's the shit when somebody outside the culture takes your shit. Say, mm-hmm. So, for uh, uh, and to follow up behind that, we don't uh, obviously again just reiterate the idea we have no concept of who the hell we are. How the Yoruba cannot cannot appropriate Zulu culture. They can copy some of it. They can blend some of it into what they're doing. But it's the same damn culture expressed in different terms, in a different language. All well Chancellor Williams says that all spiritual systems across the continent of Africa are the same. They're just expressed differently with different names, different you know, specifics, uh, different rituals, and that sort of thing. But the essence of all of them are essentially the same. African culture, because spirituality grows out of that culture, African culture across the continent, across the world, is the same. So for us to sit up and try to say, you know, we're African people, or African American people, whatever the hell that is, are are appropriating our own culture, just for me, just goes further. Because it was a sister from the U.S. that was saying that. It was a video from years ago and a video from a sister, I think she was in Zimbabwe, um, just a few months, it got, got posted up. So just the idea of who we are is becoming more and more gaseous. It's led, we're less and less able to hang on to it. What's his name? Dr. Umar Johnson said it best. He says that we're, we will hold on. We know we're not American. We know this. Because if we was American, we wouldn't catch the hell we catch. So we know deep down we know we're not American, but we will fight to defend that identity, to keep from uh, having to embrace what we truly are. We hate, we are afraid of, we want to be separated from, in every way possible, our Africanity. And the more we invest in that, the more and more lost we become, and the less we're able to see the handwriting on the wall. What's it called sometimes when a a cat gets sent to the penitentiary? Don't they say uh, he got sat down? Ain't that something y'all say? Yep. Yeah, so, so these cats, like I said a while ago, first step into, uh, in, into being an effective part of what's going on is to sit the fuck down. So eventually, these cats, and like you said, the masses of the people, I'm not even talking about the masses of the people, I'm talking about the folks who who say they're in the know, folks that call themselves revolutionary. Which I quit that shit years ago because I just don't want it anymore. But um, talking to those who who call themselves in the know to to it's going to take, in my mind, for even just that math, that 5% or whatever percent of the people that is that know enough to say, yeah, I want to revoke, but that's it, it's going to take, in my mind, they're going to have to get sat down. When these caps start coming, when the government starts, and like I mentioned off the air earlier, Qantas Airlines is this international uh, airline. It doesn't most of us don't ain't never heard of it, but it's huge. But most of us ain't heard of it because it's international flights. So it's not, not like from the U.S. to Puerto Rico to Bahama. I mean, from, you know, Britain to Australia to Africa to Russia, those type of internet, real movement type of international flights. They stated and have started rolling out a program to require proof of vaccination for COVID in order to book a flight on their airline. And the international, um, uh, Was it, Air Transportation Authority, Association, as is basically the, the, the group that is that, that, supposed to be nonpartisan, non-profit or whatever, that sits up and, and sets out the norms and the protocols for international air traffic. They've come out and said, yes, this is going to be the new norm. So it only takes that initial something, you know, it's just like the, uh, what do you call them, the self-checkout years and years ago, all of a sudden mm-hmm. one popped up in Walmart and people looked at it and it's like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. It was a novel, novel idea. You check out and bag your stuff up. And, and that was kind of cool. So everybody, you know, I know I did. I was like, yeah, I'm bagging. I'll get, get out of here. Now realizing that even in that moment, we're actually doing the work that they pay the cashier to do. So I'm doing free work. Okay, whatever. But over a period of time, those self checkouts have become more and more the norm. you see fewer and fewer checkout people in Walmart or wherever else uh especially Walmart because you know that's that's where black folks shop um at the Walmart you see fewer and fewer people uh cashiers and more and more of these self checkouts specialized checkout you got the long belt you got the little short staging area when you got twenty items left you got the really big heavy duty ones for you know, when you get, people get their food stamps and they got it spread out because they got three baskets of food and shit, they got all different types of uh, self-checkout services going on. So they got all of these customers doing free work, you know, the work that the cashiers used to do. Um, so slowly but surely, those have begun to take over. Now what I've started noticing is more and more of these self-checkout lines are card-only. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. card-only, sometimes they're pay-packs, sometimes they are card only sometimes they are pay cash. sometimes they do not but the idea is just like they started with one self-checkout line to get us used to the idea of bagging up our own stuff and checking out our own stuff so that they could pay fewer people to do the work they got us to do it for ourselves, you know, uh, uh, but just the way they did that and a few years later, here it is, checkouts taking over the entire front end of the store, not being able to pay with cash because there are fewer Cash is, it's now, you know, self-checkout, and the self-checkout, they're testing it, putting it out there, plastic only, plastic only, and people are buying into it, so after a while, it'll be plastic only. There are other stores, a lot of Apple stores don't take cash, Uh, what do you call it, Uh, I went to mail something to to war not too long ago, FedEx, wasn't taking cash, because, you know, COVID, yeah, you don't want my money because it might have COVID on it, but you're going to take this box, okay, whatever. But the idea is that they're implementing it slowly, 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 like they've done all the time. White folks are very patient. They will do this shit over generations to get their objectives accomplished. But slowly, 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 they're starting to put it out there. And then as these two things come together, uh, you got your, your plastic only and the vaccines that you're required to have. There's going to be a meeting point where you have a plastic, a chip, or a card, or whatever – it's got all of your information on it. It's already being flashed out and tested on folks here and there. But over a period of time, this is what they're implementing. And as they crash the economy, which they're doing on purpose, and, and, and y'all voted for Joe Biden. So, you know, this is your bullshit. Y'all <laughs> did everybody voted for him. Congratulations. Because he's already talked about it and he's already talking to, to, to governors and, and other heads of, of the states and the countries about a, a more unified approach to social distancing and, and mask mandates. So it's a coming. Your boy you voted for because voting is great. He's already putting into motion the next step so that you can be uh, cold and, 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 and like cattle moved into the pen and sat down for a minute. And when you get sat down because you violated the mask mandate. Or you uh, 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 ain't got your vaccine papers on you, or whatever it is. When you get your ass sat down, then you're gonna know. Then you're gonna know. And when when that when you had that epiphany, remember you heard it here first. Panther forty eight told you so. I'm my bad. Go ahead.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I told you this brother was very verbose. <laughs> <laughs> my bad.
2: We need to we need to make a whole show and just let him just talk though. I'll be
3: dude, I'll be reading newspapers and watching the news constantly, bro. I'm here by myself, so I'll be investing almost 24 hours a day in information per my job as I was uh, uh, what do you call it drafted into war. So if you get all of this coming up out, it's your own fault. I gotta put it someplace. Well, I'm, I'm gonna add to what you just said. I'm just gonna add a little bit. I ain't gonna go as hard, but back to what I was trying to say before I was so uh, rudely interrupted. is and it's gonna add to what you just said. It's gonna talk about what you just said because you just talked about a small percentage of people that become aware that that changes need to be made. But even those people need to have a need to sit down and listen, need to learn and be educated. But the point I was getting at when I was saying that the masses never never wake up, because when you use the word mass, you're dealing with the full majority, you know what I'm saying? And and I hate to always use these examples, but I have to, and the reason I have to is because we live in a Judeo-Christian society, and these are the books that people claim that they believe in uh elijah muhammad once said that uh they asked him why did he teach from the bible up most most of the time and he said he was a muslim he said because the bible is the graveyard of my people so that's why i gotta that's why i gotta dig them up at but but to use the Bible, if you look at the story of jesus yahshua bin yosef if you look at the story of the master builder this guy was basically taken out by three groups the government Pontius Pilate and the Roman government, the religion, the Pharisees, and the masses of the people. The very people he was healing and feeding are the same people that screamed crucify him. So the masses are always uh, 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 miseducated, misled, deaf, dumb, and blind. And the masses are controlled by the, two, by the two that I just described first. I said the government and the religious order. The the masses are always controlled by them, and how do they control them? The government uses fear, and the religious are to use superstition. So the masses are always controlled and dominated through fear and superstition. So the masses never truly always wake up. You only get a small percentage from the masses. Even look at the story of Samson, in, in that in that whole story, Samson Samson when he's blinded and uh, quote unquote uh, metaphorically the strongest man alive when when the guy or uh, uh, takes out his enemies, he has to knock down two pillars in order to bring down their entire temple. Now, symbolically, those temples represent what I just said, fear and superstition, because those are the things that, that, that those in power use to, to goad and control the masses. And it's the job of the, of, the, of the poor righteous teacher, the revolutionary, the community activist, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever term you choose to use. It's the goal of that person, of those type of people, to, to, to educate the masses so that they can stop being controlled through fear and superstition. But as I just said, the masses, that means the, the, the majority of the people never wake up. Only a small group of the people wake up, become aware Realize that something's not right. Now, now we got to go deep into that because even out of that small minority of people that wake up, only a small minority of that minority wakes up. You know, there's a, there's a saying that only five percent of the five percent are five percent. There's only a small group or the small group are really one hundred percent about the cause about the struggle because it's so. You got to understand that that our miseducation, that, our, uh, that our, the, the controls that have been placed on us are so effective that even when you think you won't, you're operating against your own benefit. You know, in, in the movie, uh, I forget which matrix it was, I forget which one it was, one of the three, but in the movie, even Morpheus was heartbroken because the thing that he believed so much in that he thought that would save his people— when he realized that even he had been fooled, even he had been tricked, you know, I think it's part two when he when he believed that if he just take the one to the uh, when he take the one to the architect, then that would solve all the problems and eliminate the major. When he found out that was just a system of control, so even he had been fooled and tricked. So the, so that's what we have to become aware of that the masses won't wake up, and if you depending on your ability to wake up everybody uh, amongst the masses, then you're going to always be dis- dis- uh, 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 upset. You're going to always be unhappy. You're never going to contr- truly believe. What you have to focus on, what, what anybody that has decided to take on this job has to focus on is their ability to do the job and their ability to wake themselves up. And maybe, maybe in the process of that, they may make up, wake up three, four, five people, maybe. And maybe those three, four or five people may wake up three, four, or five people. there's a story in the, uh in, the, in a revolutionary suicide by Huey P. Newton, and you know I we quote Huey but there's a story in revolutionary suicide where Huey talks about the, uh the foolish old man that wanted to move a mountain, and he says that the foolish old man he was he was trying to move a mountain with a spoon and he said uh, a wise man came along and said, "What are you doing?" And the the foolish old man said, I'm I'm moving this mountain. He said, you can't move the mountain with a spoon. What the hell is wrong with you? So the wise man walked off. And the foolish man was steady just going at it. He was steady going at it. And and in time, he got his children and his children's children. He got his family to participate in the process of of digging at the mountain with a spoon. And in and, and, and the process of doing that, then the people in the community were so moved that they started participating in the process of trying to move the mountain with a spoon. And finally, the creator from the heavens saw their the effort and saw their tireless work and sent angels to move the mountain. The thing the, 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 uh, that he were trying to teach in this story is that it, be, it becomes due to constant work. Though The, the, the uh, foolish old man is a revolutionary. And through constant struggle of trying to move the mountain with the spoon, finally he touches the heart of the people. And then the people are able to move the mountain of oppression. And this is one of the stories that he told. And this is this is the painstaking work that every revolutionary has to deal with. And if you can't deal with that, then you can't be a revolutionary. And that's all I have to say. So, E, you can go back to rambling at the mouth again. <laughs> Uh, My bad. Well, no, let, let, nah, let me... I... Yeah, please go ahead. All right. Let me let me just let me just bring uh another tool of information for the for those for the listening audience. There was a book um that I was a, a reading it to by uh William Cooper in a book he had called The Behold the Pale Horse. There's a section in that book that goes into a class of papers called The Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. I would suggest the listening audience make sure they get a copy of that. Uh, because that actually go talks about the whole systematic approach to dominating the people. Now one of the things even I more like to do is What's that? I am saying I think we have that in the vault. Yep, we do. Uh and that's the pound to forty eight vault for those out there listening. Um one of the things that is brought up in that, going, going back to the whole watchtower tower thing that we talked about and why it's significant and important to represent the Overstand Act, because we're talking about symbology. From that standpoint, there's a section in there called Time, Flow, Relationships, and Self-Destructive Isolations. And in that, you talk about three factors, again, which goes into what I refer to as the trifactor. One is foresight flow. Present flow and hindsight flow And from that standpoint What what it's addressing Is the essence of how time Or a awareness of time Is utilized as a a conduit For implementing power Or implementing control over a people This is why I also say That When a person is evaluating and getting to know thyself, they must learn what they are, who they are, and also say when they are, because too often people become nostalgic in their approach of self-awareness. And when you become nostalgic in your approach to self-awareness, then you may focus too much on the past of something. And then especially as it applies to how some people utilize religion as the foundation for dealing with self-discovery doing so oftentimes a lot of religious books have uh predominantly, I would just say, as, as, as I know anyway, as the Bible has this, has this perspective of you don't add or take away because most people refer to things in, in terms of the King James uh, way of doing something. And I, and now mind you, As African people, we should not be caught up in a King James version or a King James mentality, period. So that Bible, going back to what I'm talking about, the Bible is crystallized in terms of its approach to deciphering that information. And anytime we as a people or anyone as a a student of, of knowledge of self allows themselves to be crystallized in a format that cannot be added to or taken away from then you can't possibly deal with things from the standpoint of foresight, present sight, and hindsight flow. You're stuck in hindsight flow, or actually should I say foresight flow, because the whole point of hindsight is being able to learn from the past in order to prevent the future episodes of reoccurring. So knowing that when you allow your thought to be crystallized, then, again, that flows right into conquering and dividing, or dividing and conquer. I'm sorry, dividing and conquering, because what happens at that course or, or, or that uh, position is that you allow your way of thinking to be broken down to the point to where it, it ain't digestible because you're stuck in a certain perpetual way of, of, of concentration, a certain perpetual of receiving information. If we're stuck on a certain path of receiving information, but on a natural law scale in concept, we receive information through all of our sensory inputs. And if I am forced, forcing my ability to be able to comprehend and bring to the forefront or the conscious mind any specific type of information or any specific way that information flows through, then right off the cuff, I am limited, limiting the way my sub cortex is going to be able to deal with the hemispheres of the brain as it applies to dealing with uh, the reality that I, that I shape and keep in mind as we develop from a from from the birth from the moment you cut that that uh, that ambival- uh, biblical cord to you know <laughs> to own up as we get uh, get older in our age, then that brain itself as a muscle is basically becoming retarded in terms of its approach to being able to deal with the, the real world oh, and, and society around it. So we end up with adult, adults that are psychological and, and, and sociological, uh, uh, basically psychologically and, and um, just retarded, so to speak, or immature. So even though our physical bodies itself and that's the thing we take for granted is that our physical body does mature and grow regardless of what's going on in our head. Typically our, our physical body will develop. So we take for granted that our brain our brain, and the way it operates is also developing at the same pace and the same rate. And unfortunately that is just not the case. So too often the masses of people take for granted how the brain Operates and how the brain moves in tradition to the physical body and its ability to grow and, and develop over time. So we become immature in our, our brain functionality as we develop physically. And that immaturity plays out in the ability to be able to manipulate and control that individual as it applies to that. Because you physically look at somebody before they open their mouth, going back to where Brother to say, sit down and just listen and pay attention. If a person, before a person open his, opens his mouth, oftentimes you don't know how powerful or, or, or stupid they are. You know, they could be this big, muscular, six foot, five tall person. And as long as they don't open their damn mouth or, or move a certain kind of way, you don't know what they, what, how powerful they are. But as soon as they open their mouth, all of a sudden now they start letting you in. To what's going on within their brain, and then the weaknesses can start coming out, and that immaturity can start pouring out. And from that standpoint, from from a warrior perspective, now I can start chopping down that six foot five person down to my opponent's side in terms of being able to again uh, divide and conquer and conquest them to the point to where I can defeat them, no matter how. Big and quote unquote strong They seem to be because I'm dealing with An immature vessel I'm dealing with the mind that Operates that six foot uh, Five mass of muscle And don't know what to do With it so it don't matter how Big that vessel is if the Operator of that vessel Is is Incapable of operating that that Type of machinery then it it Doesn't matter I'm not able They're not adapt to be able to to grow or reach a potential that will make them a threat to me. And so the point is, is to establish that type of chain reaction from birth. And that's what we have to recognize. And we have to stop allowing ourselves to, again, uh, epigenetics to continue to advance our next generation in a devolved state of awareness as well, because we, what happens naturally is I pass on my same deficiencies to the next line unless, again, going back to what I was talking about in The Silent Weapon for, for Quiet Wars, I recognize the relationship between, between uh, time flow and isolations. So, therefore, we cannot allow ourselves to be crystallized in one mythology or another. We must embrace learning as a whole, and that goes into why I always talk about nonlinear thinking. So go ahead, e, I'll let you jump in on that point. Well, so <clears throat> the idea of dividing and conquering, again, it permeates European mindset simply because they perceive everything from an individual level. Everything can be chopped up into the little eye. And what I really like, you know, I like politics. You know, I mean beyond. Bowling, Boeing. But, okay. So, this idea of COVID, everybody thinks uh, it's not a conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's just thought. It's just thought. COVID is a virus. Viruses don't kill. HIV didn't kill nobody. AIDS didn't even kill nobody. There were the complications associated with it. Yet, supposedly killed folks. So the same idea is true with this, that this COVID situation that we've been put under is the perfect divide. Well, say perfect, but it's been, it's a strategy that they've been working on, developing and preparing the masses of the people for, again, AIDS and you know, stars and all the rest to use in this case as a tool of dividing and conquering, because you know already there are going to be what they knew prior to that there were going to be a huge number of people that would resist any type of state mandate, you know, wearing a mask. I know here in, in Lakeland, you got signs on the doors that, that say you must wear a mask to enter. And so I put my mask on because I, I just want to get my jelly donuts. I don't want no trouble. I go in, I look around, maybe two people in the building got masks on, including the employees. So ain't nobody going along with it. So this 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 idea that we are going to automatically divide and conquer ourselves, that self replicating uh cyclical nature of the shit that you know you kind of uh, touched on a little while ago is a part of the process, is a part of the plan, is a part of what it is that's unrolling and developing on the national and in fact and international level. And something that we continue and I think will continue to continue to invest ourselves in you know it feeds into the was it antifa or antifa or however you want to say it and you know black lives matter and all of these other organizations and, and groups that are further dividing themselves away from any type of mass organization and it keeps us detracted it keeps us distracted from what's actually going on. And I think that's a very clever use of divide and conquer, that they don't have to necessarily set us against one another. They can use the divide and conquer as a way to keep us from focusing on what's actually happening. I think that Trump being in office has simply been a trigger, you know, voting... It's one of the things when the U.S. looks at Venezuela, Iran, China, Russia, any of these other countries, when they try to bring them up on charges or accuse them of violating, you know, human rights and blah, 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 clean or clear and fair election. You there, E? Cycle, You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear fine now. Okay, I think I had a caller that uh, that raised a hand. Let me confirm here. Caller, caller ending in six zero five zero. Your own. I let you jump in. Are you there, caller? And then the six zero five zero?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm here. I was just listening, uh just listening to the conversation. Um a good conversation though. Um about economics. I think that uh there's there's some there's some issues with um black business that need to be addressed. In my location I'm trying to address them and trying to help uh Aspiring entrepreneurs and uh business founders but there there's some there's some definite needs that need to be met um, and one of the problems is that they don't have the correct guidance they don't have the mentorships in a lot of cases they can't join the the uh, the business incubators because they're not really open for um, um, they're not really open for them. And they're only usually for you know if you have a tech-based business, and a lot of black people don't have a tech-based business, mm-hmm. so they don't really have anywhere to go to be uh, mentored, guided, um, to network with other other people who could possibly help them, um, so they don't have the resources to kind, that other people do when they start their business. Um so so there's there's a lot of needs there. Um there's a lot of needs. Um so that's kind of my comment on all of this. Okay.
3: Um E, I don't know if you you're back on. I don't know if you want to touch on that or psych want to go into that from the economic standpoint in terms of the the you know, they that even goes into what he was talking about with the uh, automated society and how basically those that are in control uh do they part to gear us away from being able to um, even uh take things back to the standpoint of of uh of, of uh trade you know direct trade with one another instead of having to use what they're bringing us into in terms of digital currency. Uh he is right. Y'all alone? Well yeah.
2: Well as 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 far as cryptocurrency is concerned, um you have you know you have Bitcoin and then you have the rest are altcoins. so if you wanted to create your own coin, you could do that um, so those are cryptocurrency those are for the most part not all of them, but um, for the main ones they're 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 decentralized currencies, and in the case of Bitcoin and some of the other ones, they're deflationary, meaning there's a set amount of them never fret and you cannot create any more. There's a certain number of bitcoins that you cannot create anymore. You can't inflate it by creating more. It's done. I mean, once the last, (laughs) um, once you can buy the last ones with the on the last block, that'll be it, and the price will probably skyrocket from there. And so, you have that. But what you have, the insidious part of it is that. What you have is you have CBDCs, and this is a term that came out a couple years ago. People noted that it came out of Europe, and when you see those acronyms, you know they're working on something. When it's made it to an acronym, they've already done a lot of study and a lot of research in the central bank digital currency. Now, here's the difference. So what they're doing is they're setting up the same system, and they're setting up these new CBDCs. Right now, what you use, you're using digital currency right now. You're not not really using, a lot of people don't use a lot of cash. You know, they're using just their debit card, their credit card, that kind of thing. That's a form of digital money. So we're already kind of using it, right? Um, But with CBDCs, they're going to be like cryptocurrencies, only they're going to be centralized, Mm -hmm. right? So they're going to have the same centralized banking, the same centralized control that you have. Now, so everything that you do now with your card and your credit card is centrally controlled, centrally controlled by a bank or a number of banks, government, that type of thing. The great thing about cryptocurrency is, is well, some of the good ones is that they're decentralized. So they're scattered. So there's nobody to... There's nobody controlling it, so when we talk about bitcoin, there's no c e o there's no company, there's no nothing. If a government wants to go after bitcoin, who do they go after? There's no one to go after right? there's nobody to put in jail well, well, exactly so well as far
3: as go ahead. Going, going after i'm sorry but as far as going after folks with, with for bitcoin, the way they've gone about attacking the whole concept of, of bitcoin because it is decentralized is to grab those who who have made any type of come-up off of it and uh, attach some type of tax rate to it. You know, um, folks oh. that made a bunch of money when, when, when Bitcoin jumped from, you know, whatever it is, whatever it was, 7000 or whatever, when it jumped up to 19000 20000 a few years ago, and people made money off of it, they turned around, and the government came after the individuals who made money because that part of it is still tracked and not anonymous. So they can still find out who has it and go after them. It all depends. uh,
2: It all depends. So is Bitcoin totally anonymous? No. But you have to go through quite a bit of effort to figure out who these Bitcoin belong to. And I think what happened was people have started um, 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 having their, their, their gains, putting their gains and start trying to pay taxes or putting their gains somewhere. Where it was obvious, the, ta- the IRS does not have enough people right now to go after yeah, every yeah. single, yeah. find out where every single Bitcoin person is and try to track all of those transactions. They don't even have the ability to do that right now. Now, they can go after certain people, if they, if they, but there's no way to know. Like, if you had Bitcoin right now, how would they know that you have it? Unless you tell them or unless for some reason they're looking at you. There's no way for them to know yep. that you have. It. There's unless, no indicator, unless, there's no notification. Unless,
3: unless because if you withdraw the Bitcoin, that money has to go to a bank somewhere. And now the Bitcoin
2: that's the on exchange, and off ramp.
3: Right. But the Bitcoin yes. exchange that, that those you use, those are the
2: on and off ramps.
3: Right, but the Bitcoin exchange that you use also has a some type of digital record. As to where that money, who that money went to, whatever place, whatever wallet, those numbers are still encoded as a part of that
2: Bitcoin amount. No, what happens is, it's just that the reporting agency, so this is your on and off ramp. So in order to get into Bitcoin, for the most part, there's other ways to do it. Um, When there was a... yeah, but there's other ways to do it where they can't find out. But what happens is most people go and start things like Coinbase, right? They go to Coinbase, mm-hmm. which is an exchange. Coinbase has a deal with the government, so they tell right. you, you know, they do, you know, they had to have the whole KYC thing, and they have to tell you know um, who you are, and you have to give all this information or whatever. Hence the rise of now decentralized exchanges or DEXs. So they're starting to get better and they're starting to actually get liquidity like Uniswap and some other ones. They're starting to get good liquidity so you can actually go on there and you don't have to do KYC. You don't have to do the know your customer thing, you know, from the government. So they're already, they're already lots and lots of people already looking at ways to cut off that on-and-off ramp from fiat currency into cryptocurrency and back and forth. They're already, right. I mean, it, it's on its way. So this is really a fight between centralized systems and decentralized systems and methods, you know, of, of payment and currencies and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. we're, we're, but, we'll see what happens. But you we'll happen.
3: that, as they become decentralized, even with that, the whole idea of cryptocurrency still doesn't put the power into the hands of the masses of the people because the masses of the people, number one don't know what the hell we're talking about. Number two, don't have access to it. you know so it's it, having that cryptocurrency it, it, is still sort of an elitist uh, sort of, 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 of approach to dealing with with our situation. you know I, I so it, disagree. Doesn't really
2: speak i't I disagree. It, it's not a, it, it, it's not elitist. What it is, is it's still new. You have forms of currency that are hundreds of years old. You have Bitcoin. and It's not, I mean, it's young. You know, and, yeah. and the, the, the the systems that are being built are still being refined. So it's not as easy, than as other systems, but it's starting to get easier. It's not as easy to buy, uh, you know, a piece of Bitcoin or a piece of Ethereum or Chainlink or whatever. It's not as easy to buy for, for the common person right now, but it's getting easier. And there's new, you know, there's new thinking around how to get adoption and that kind of thing. And as the cost of Bitcoin goes up, new system will come on place to get people into there. Now, I don't think it's elitist. And does it give me control? Well, yeah, I've send money all over the place. It's <laughs> like, and I don't have to pay any. I mean, I pay a network fee, but that's nothing, right? Like, so I don't have to pay. Somebody moved. I think it was a like three million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Do you know how much they paid in network fees? Three dollars or something to move three million dollars worth of Bitcoin and only pay three dollars. I think three fifty-six or something like that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's control. That, that's, that's what you want. I want to be able to send you money, and the only well, people that know that transacted is you and I. That's control. But, but it's, not,
3: it's, not, it's, not, it's not like I have a piece of gold in my hand and I exchange that with you for, you know, uh, a dozen eggs or whatever. That's control. But as long as this, uh, I have to depend on a some type of system somewhere controlled by somebody else, that's still control out of my hands. I still have to find I, a way to access what it is you have. But if I have cash the in my best, pocket, that's cash in my pocket. But that's so let the me,
2: best let, way. me, the let, me let me do this. Real cash is good. Cash is good. Go ahead.
3: I don't. I don't want. I just uh, call Let me put you back on hold. The thing is, is I don't want to make this show about cryptocurrency. The Point he made, we'll take that. What I do want to say, and then E, I'm gonna let you jump back in. Is that I liken that concept to the same thing as what the Black Panther Party in the '60s dealt with, as they started elaborating on community empowerment. Because keep in mind, as the people started gravitating toward self empowerment and dealing with um, dealing with uh, knowledge of self in terms of being able to deal with self sufficiency and operate in our communities, which we've always had communities that, that empower themselves. Once that in itself got to a point to where it could be turnkey, then we dealt with an a environment that, that was in control that wanted to make sure that they can steer that power away from our communities. And obviously the same thing would happen with Dick currency, like he just said, Cryptocurrency, like you just said, to where there are other methods that are coming into play to uh, co-op that design and then steer things right back to the way they are. So as it applies to, again, going into the three Ds of what we talked about at the beginning, and I like to interject at every show if if possible, define, develop, and then defend. Our ability to defend that model in itself is why I even – Brought into the whole idea of silent weapons for quiet wars, because that right there utilizes um, natural law in terms of electronics to talk about the concept of inductance. And economic inductance is one of the, is, is is the biggest aspect of what they talk about: economic capacitance, economic conductance, and economic inductance. So I would urge anybody that is, you know, looking or working on that model, to definitely study that, uh, that series because it goes into that, that design. Um, so now moving back into what we're talking about with the content Divide, buddy, now that you're back on, um, you can pick up where you left off. I don't know. but I, Well, I, I like I think that's the same man. cat from, uh, 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 from Canada. I, I like that dude. The, the brother that was just talking, I think he's been on before. But um, this, this, it, as long as this system is in place, capitalism, is, it, you know, and, and I, I definitely agree that you know, decentralized cryptocurrency is a step in a much better direction, as long as it can stay decentralized. But this, this, this Fed, this this cartel, this so-called government, is so deeply entrenched, or it's so deeply entrenched with them that there is going to take huge amount, uh, it, it's going to be a bloodbath in order to wrest that away, truly away from them, because you take that away, it, it collapses. It comes apart. They have nothing to work on, to work with, and that's, the, you know, that's kind of the idea behind um, the, the crashing of the dollar that's uh, on the horizon, which is one of the, the – part of the playbook for the cabal, uh, the, you know, the CFRs, the Council on Foreign Relations and Trilax and all of them. The idea is to crash the dollar excuse me, so that they can uh, uh, even more centralize, put your money, like he, he brother was saying, we're already in a – I'm 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 one of the few cats, by the way, bro, um, hopefully you're still listening, that uh, uh, I actually do keep most of my money in cash, so I'm one of those weirdos. But um, so that more and more of our um, uh, banking is done – through them and only through them, as well as the fact that once you, you crash the economy, um, you know, this, this idea of uh, libertarianism and freedoms and all that type of thing, the U.S. is like one of the last vanguards of that idea, and, and I'm talking about white folks, you know, because we've never had that in this country, but for them, this is one of the last strongholds of, you know, uh, egalitarian freedoms and all of those sorts of things. So it has to be kind of moved out of the way um, as far as the populace is concerned so that the next step can be put into play and uh, uh, um, the direction that this world is going, they can move in and basically, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the EU and all of that is, is paperwork. You know, the, the, the uh, European Union, uh, France and Germany and all of these countries sign paperwork But the real New World Order, Global Reset, whatever you want to call it, has already been in play. But if you think about it, there's one institution that follows no real law. There's one institution that benefits from whatever country it exists in but doesn't really uh, have to take on any of the responsibilities. It goes around, has no loyalty to any country, does what it wants to do, um, comes up over here, doesn't have to pay the penalty, and that, that entity is the corporation. You know, Apple makes uh, a, a large part of their product in China, sells a large part of it in the U.S. Um, what's named um, Jeff Bezos in Amazon, they don't pay any taxes. You know, uh, uh, Facebook and, and Google are fighting lawsuits in, in 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 France and some other places right now behind some of the things that they've done um, because they've been getting away with doing whatever they wanted to because these are corporations and corporations are the ones who are at the seat of power with what's going on. So once the U.S. has crushed this this idea of of freedom and free speech and all these this other nonsense that they do, they'll be able to more uh, effectively and out in the open exercise the plan that has been unfolding over the past, you know, however many years. You know, the dollar has been crashing for a good hundred years, and the only thing that's really propped it up is the, um, the, 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 the petrol dollar system. And as that unfolds, again, it's going to crash. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have to, we have to um, develop, redevelop, redefine and learn to defend all over again um, and develop uh, uh, our own economic systems, systems that put us one-on-one, two-on-two, whatever, face-to-face without the in-between um, because there are never going to be programs designed for us to help us because nothing in this system is designed for us to help us. So the financial system is no exception. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, again, once all of this shit really hits the fan, um, and I think I started to say earlier, Trump was just the trigger. When you talk about uh, um, um, global human rights issues, one of the things they look at is the voting record. And if you have If if no black person in this country had voted, none of us voted, that'd be a good 40, 50 minutes with somewhere as 15% of the population not voting. Other countries would be able to step back on an international stage and say, your voting, your your, uh, election was corrupt because you had 15% of the population that didn't even participate. So every time we vote in the process, Every time we take part in the process, we're legitimizing it. And this time around, as I've noted and would love to know even more, the background of cats like Joe Biden and all the folks that he surrounded himself with, um, uh, both voting for, for Biden not because of his programs or his policies, because if they knew his programs and policies, if they understood how many more cops he put on the street, how many more black folks he helped to put in jail, what he really think? He said that he didn't want his children, speaking of, uh, of uh, so-called forced integration, he was opposed to it, bus integration back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, he's been at it a long time. He was a son of the then. But he said that he was opposed to it because he didn't want his children growing up in a cultural jungle. So... The, cast, the people that he's putting into power are people who are, are very uh, opposed to immigration. They're very much a uh, war hawk. You know, they're, they're, they're down to start more wars. So the, in his, 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 his solution to police brutality and cops killing black folks was to train cops to shoot us in the leg. Literally, he said this when they asked him what are some of the solutions or ideas you have to address black people being murdered by cops? He said, well, maybe we need to train them to you know, shoot them in the leg instead of in the heart. He said this. You can YouTube it. So as Joe Biden comes to power, we guarantee there's going to be more wars. There's going to be more kids in cages on the border. There's going to be more black folks being murdered by cops. But there's going to be a whole lot less bitching because we have, uh, 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 once again, like when Clinton came to power, everybody was, uh, black folks were like, oh, okay, Clinton's in there, we cool, we can lay back and chill. When Obama came to power, oh, we can it's cool here and there, we can lay back and chill. We do it every single time. We continue to not look at and invest in those things that are actually about our community and about us. And we continue to go after the the, the carrot on the stick that they keep hanging in front of our our faces, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, and and economics is no different. You know, we have to develop some type of economic system based on our own culture, not what we've been taught, not what we've been molded into. We don't need black capitalism. No, no, no. If it was just about black capitalism, you know, Jay-Z could fund a whole lot of shit. He did it, OFA, all of these folks can fund a whole lot of shit. But they're not going to because the nature of capitalism is the individual. You got to get yours, I got to get mine. The fuck does that have to do with the community? Nothing. So we have to at some point interject. I'm, you know, I love black business, support black business, as much as possible in Lakeland. Ain't a whole lot of it, but, you know, I do my best. But until we have a cultural shift, none of the other stuff even matters. We're just gonna just gonna be a, a, a we, what was it somebody said that we'll just be laundering money for white folks, which black folks do now. Jay Z is laundering money for 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 white folks. They send the money through him and off to their offshore accounts or whatever. So so yeah, I mean it it it. I mean yeah, I don't know what else to say. Hello, say, hey, I'm real. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I'm the economics guy. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> I'm I, coach, think I think you don't. I think you don't. You don't practice your um, extreme and powerful level of verbosity so much. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but cryptocurrency is something I've never studied. Uh, you know, and, and and we and this and the show is not about economics necessarily. The show is about the strategy of divide and conquer, so I don't want to get too much into that, especially at the end of the show, but I I think that that this maybe could make another show, because I know a lot of people debate this uh, about economic theory, because I'm not necessarily against all the principles that, that are involved in capitalism. I don't think capitalism is the overall answer, and I don't think socialism or communism is the overall answer, but a mixture of, of the principles that come from both, you know, would would create a more proper economic uh, philosophy when dealing with a more civilized society, uh, but utopianism. After- <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, you. I mean, and you're right. But uh, so, yeah. I've never been. I've never been a a hater of capitalism completely, and because I understand. The 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 some of the principles, not all of them. Some of the principles, not extreme capitalism. And one of the things that we know is that the extremity of anything is a problem. Anything to right. extreme could be can be, a, can be an, a, a problem. So things have everything that we come in contact with has to be balanced out by its opposites in order to produce that uh that 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 uh that natural progression. I mean, we can even look at the way that male and female. Balance each other out in order to produce life. So but that's but, all I have. To but, say but again. It, it, capitalism at its very core, at the very basis, is and it is propagated. It is basically the monetization of the individual uh, 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 perspective. Well, They're capitalism. Capitalism yeah. at its very core is based on the fact that, in essence, as you said at the beginning of the show that we come into the world by ourselves. And that's why that division strategy works. Now, while we may come into the world by ourselves and it looks that way, the fact is that we come into the world, we come into the world based on the fact that two people decided to unite with each other. So that you have the, the again, you had a balance between both that unity and that individualism. So, so, you know, it, it depends on what perspective you look at it as and, and, Kind of to go back to the, the point of the show itself, If uh, when we talk about divide and conquer, I always like to use this example. In the 60s, after Malcolm died, you had two groups of, of revolutionary uh, uh, revolutionaries that claimed to be the ideological heirs of Malcolm X. You had one group, we're going to base it on the U.S., United Slaves, with uh, Ron Karinga, who claimed to be the ideological heirs of Malcolm X, and they and they based their movement on Malcolm's concepts of of, uh, of Pan Africanism. And then you had the Black Panthers with, with Hugh and Bobby who based their concepts of, of being ideological as of Malcolm X on their militancy. And these two groups was right, but they both was wrong. They was right because Malcolm taught both of these things. They was wrong because they ignored the fact that Malcolm did speak of each each group's individual Concepts that each group decided to, uh, to to propagate. The only thing was they divided Malcolm, and they said, "Well, I like this part of Malcolm better," and "I like this part of Malcolm better," and refused to look at each other and, and see the reflection of Malcolm in each other. They thought there was a difference there. I mean, the same thing happens on this show when uh, when Brother E and uh, uh, and whoa, uh, uh, what is the name of the brother, the, the chairman of the um, Yanger, or the party in Atlanta. Yanger, Yanger. When brother Ian e Yanger go at each other, brother Ian e Yanger go at each other hard, and and y'all both are, are are propagating those two separate principles that are actually united. And and a lot of time what we do with each other, we refuse what? to. Yeah, y'all go at each other. Oh, yeah, that's that's the next show like that. Cause I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm, no, you and Yanger don't go at each other. No, we go at each other. But if you're saying we, I represent one side, and he represents the other side, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. Okay, so what, so what is your disagreement on that, on that uh, perspective? Because he, yeah. he, he, come full-fledged black, black nationalism. That was, that was his, that's his claim. That's and like that. We, we can say He's that national. your claim is full-fledged pan-Africanism. No. Right. No. Okay. What? Okay. Break it down. Come on now, you know me better than that. It's a, it's a four, it's a 4 Fits in the wind. It's just that we get hung on that one because we're not all ready to, we're not prepared to go to the other three or four. So we're sitting, and we were talking about this earlier, we sit at the same place and talk about the same thing all the time because there's no movement ideologically up out of that. I would love to go okay, on and so let's patient. talk about Pan-Africanism versus African-centered and black theology and whatever. I'm for all of that. But we get hung right there because, what's his name? Uh, John Henry Clark said, uh, I didn't come here to debate anybody. I, I, I debate <laughs> my equals, all others I teach, and that's just what it is. So we can't get past any ideology. That's as far as we can go. So it seems like yeah, he's resting one side and he's resting the other But no, I'm, you know I'm full-fledged black nationalist. Woo-woo, all of that. Woo. But there's more to it than that. I've, you know, we've been at the black nationalism. Let's move the hell on. Let's grow into the Pan-African and all the other things. Black nationalism, you know, ain't the answer. It's a part of it, but it's not the answer. It's a starting point for most of us, but it's not the answer. He ever try to man what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, let me let's let me let the caller make one quick point and then we got the we got the end of the show, but I, I do want to go ahead oh, yeah, and, and, here. and do the right thing.
2: And uh and yes, let sir. him just
3: make a point real quick. N and six zero five zero again. You back on brother.
2: Uh great conversation. I just wanted to say uh great conversation. That's it. Um and I think we need to start. I think one of you said define. Um and I think that's what needs to happen. We need to define what it is we want. It's going to have to be designed, and we're going to have to create it and design it, whether we're talking about economics or whatever. So great conversation.
3: Outstanding. I love that. Appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and mute you back. One, one, one. last thing I want to say here, going back to the silent weapons for quiet wars, before we uh, jump into the outro uh, song. The states in here that the people hire politicians So that the people can Number one, obtain security without Managing it Number two, obtain action without thinking about it Number three, inflict Theft, injury, and death Upon others without having to contemplate Either life or death Four, avoid responsibility For their own intentions And number five Obtain the beliefs and reality Of science without exerting Themselves in the discipline Necessary for facing or learning either of these things. Now, again, this is coming from Silent Weapons Required Wars, and it goes right into the concept of, that we talked about dealing with divide and conflict. With that being said, I let us go into our outro. All power to the people.
4: Every black person has to make a decision. Every black person. Either you are going to fight white supremacy or you are going to and accommodate. Every black person has to make that decision. You're either going to ignore
1: white supremacy, okay, or you're going to fight white supremacy.
4: Government is designed to perpetuate the status quo. Black people are on the bottom of that status quo. Nothing you vote for is going to change that. Politics ain't going to save black people. Black people have to save themselves and they can only do that with a solid political, economic, cultural, and spiritual program. Period. You can vote all your life and nothing will change. We don't understand white supremacy and we don't understand politics. You can vote all your life and nothing will change. it. It doesn't matter whose face is on the cover. It doesn't matter whose face is out front. The only thing that matters is the color of the hand that makes the decision.
1: My brother was selected before he was elected. Now all of you know something about kingmakers. When people in back rooms come to somebody who's popular, somebody who's intelligent, that don't speak with a Negro dialect.
4: Up and push back against European imperialism, aka white supremacy, they will not be in a military position to be able to do that. Domestically, Barack Obama's job was to distract black people in America long enough for the government to take everything that our ancestors fought for, roll it up into one big ball civil rights, voting rights, affirmative action, equality, you name it to the feminist movement, roll it on over to the LBGT movement, and roll it on over to the multicultural movement. So today in America, whenever you hear civil rights discussed, black people are not in the conversation. It's gay, it's feminism, or it's multiculturalism. They use Barack Obama to take everything black people fought for and give it to people who have never fought for black people. Barack Obama was a flunky, he was a functionary, he was a stupid pigeon, and he was a puppet, and yes, he was a coon. Barack Obama did absolutely nothing to benefit Africa, he did absolutely nothing to benefit African people.